How many of you have ever been to a celebration? Well, you were here this morning, you should have raised your hand anyway. I mean, a birthday party, a graduation party, which by the way, have you ever noticed when you go to graduation parties that the most, the person who's celebrating the most is not the one who graduated? It's the parents of the one who graduated. anniversaries, whatever it might be. And one of the things that always happens at those events is eventually, whether it was planned or not, and whether the person for whom the party or anniversary might be for, whether they want it or not, eventually there are some conversations that begin something like this. I remember when. When I was growing up and our family, extended family, would get together, it was one of those places that I was really hesitant to take a friend to, especially a girlfriend to, because I had a couple of uncles. I really don't have to say much else, do I? But I had a couple of uncles who loved to say, I remember when. And if I took a friend with me, especially if it was a girlfriend, there would be some point where they would separate me from them to say, we need to talk to you. And they would sit one on each side and start to tell stories about, I remember when. I loved my uncles but not on those days. Because too often what they were remembering was not my victories, but something else altogether. But the greatest celebrations are when we can say, I remember when, and it's meaningful. See, today is what's known as Pentecost Sunday in the general church calendar. Pentecost Sunday is the Sunday closest to 50 days after the Passover, which is the celebration of the Israelites coming out of slavery and bondage in Egypt. It was the, the night and the day that they sacrificed a, a lamb a Passover lamb, and they roasted that lamb to eat as a meal in remembrance. And they took some hyssop, the plant, and dipped it in the blood of that animal and spread it across the doorpost of their home. And the avenging angel that was going into the Egyptians who were not honoring God would pass over their home because they were covered by the blood. That's why that phrase gets used. It seems barbaric in our thinking today. But Pentecost was a celebration that took place 50 days after that. It was also a time where they were celebrating the first harvest, especially the wheat harvest. And traditionally in Jewish culture, when they had that celebration, part of the celebration was waving grains and sheaves of wheat. It was part of the offering. It was part of the celebration. It was part of the remembrance. But ever since Acts chapter 2, 
Pentecost is better known not as a celebration of a wheat harvest, but a celebration of the coming and filling of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's time for us to remember the power that has been given to us. It was on full display on that first Pentecost. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me into the New Testament in the book of Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. It is this celebration that began that they didn't even know was going to be a celebration. Now they were gathered together, and in fact the scripture that we're going to read tells us that all of Jerusalem was filled. It says people were dwelling, meaning they were staying there. Some were living there during this time of celebration. You think your birthday party lasted long. We're talking days for this celebration. And there were people from every language and nation around that came together for this celebration. And on this day, they got something unexpected. And the disciples got something they were praying for, but didn't know what they were praying for. You ever had that happen? You're praying that God will do this, and then he does this. And it was so much better than what you were praying for. They were surprised. It's time to remember the power that has been given to us. Not just offered to us, if you're a follower of Christ, but given. And we have the opportunity to tap into that power by allowing the filling of the Holy Spirit in us. It's time to remember that. Instead of living weekly, that we have the power. Instead of living haphazardly, that we can live focused with the power of the Holy Spirit. So Acts chapter 2, the first five verses, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested or above on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men and women from every nation under heaven. They were all together. The disciples, when this happened, were together. This is after Jesus left them. Acts chapter 1, you look at the first few verses. Jesus gives them a reminder, basically, of the Great Commission from Matthew 28. And he says, you're going to be my witnesses. But he said, when you receive the power, that's the Holy Spirit, you will be my witnesses. It was not if, but when. It was not a question, it was a statement. Then you'll be my witnesses. Then you'll spread the good news of Jesus Christ all around. And they were gathered together. Acts chapter 1 verse 14 tells us they were gathered together and praying together. 
of one accord, some translations say, of one mind or purpose. They were in prayer. And this isn't necessarily part of this message, but let me just insert there. Every great move of God in all of history, anywhere in the world, has only ever come after prayer. It didn't come and then people prayed. People prayed and then it came. So if you're lacking, start praying. If you're feeling spiritually weak, start praying. It's time to remember the power that is available to us, that has been given to us. If you're a follower of Jesus, Christ is there for you. It is time to remember this. And remember, first of all, they were together. Chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together. Now, there's a couple of things to understand about that phrase, all together. They were together spiritually. And they were together physically. We are not always able to be together physically. That's why we offer online. That's why there are people all around the world that are worshiping and we can't be with them. But we're still together of one mind and heart. Following Jesus Christ. For anything of great power to happen. Of God's will in our lives and in our church. We must be together. We explored that last week. About being united. In heart and mind of purpose. They were together. They were together physically in one place. They gathered together. Part of it they were doing it for a safety. <laughs> I mean, Jesus had died. Even though he rose again, he had just gone back into heaven. Acts chapter 1 shows us. But he promised them that the Holy Spirit was coming. I'm going so the Holy Spirit can come and fill you. Now imagine these new followers of Christ at most three years in their journey with Christ. Others much less than that. Seeing the one they were following be crucified, die a horrible death, be raised again, and now they're celebrating and then go, leaves them again. But he makes that promise. I'm leaving, but I'm leaving so that the Holy Spirit can come. So that the Holy Spirit will be with you, be in you, be your advocate. And so many more things. This is the image and the picture. They were together. Spiritually and relationally. I really think one of the greatest drawbacks for the church, especially the church in the United States and even in our church, is too many of us are not together relationally. We're holding on to too many grudges. And we are saying in our heart to one another, if not out loud, what my uncle said to my girlfriends. I remember when. It's time to let go of some of those I remembers. God is greater than that. And that's in the past. They were together. Spiritually 
and relationally. It's time to remember the power, including the power to forgive. It's time to remember the power, including the power to take the next right step, no matter what. We need to remember, as I've already said, that they were praying. Chapter 1, verse 14 says they were in prayer together. I don't think it is critical that we always be in physical contact in the same room when we're praying, but there is something powerful when we are. Even two or three. We have technology so that we can somewhat be together without physically being together. Through a phone, through Zoom, through FaceTime, and all kinds of other applications that we can use. But we need to be in prayer for one another as well as with one another. There is something powerful and supernatural the world would call it magical about hearing someone pray for you. It's one thing when they say, I prayed for you. It's another thing if you hear them pray for you. I've told you many times, I have several pastors that I choose a few each week and send them a text, and many more that I pray for, but a few each week I send a text and just say, I just want you to know I was praying for you. Here's what I was praying. But they didn't get to hear my prayer. There is something about that. And I think we need to return to some of that. It's time to remember the power we've been given. And to remember that what happened on the day of Pentecost that can still happen today is fulfilling what Jesus had already promised. Jesus told them when he was leaving, he said that he is leaving so that the Holy Spirit could come. He said this is going to happen, not it might happen, but it, it is going to happen. They were surprised by it, but they shouldn't have been. I always love the fact that we pray for something and then get surprised when God does it. Read in the book of Acts when Peter was in prison and it's the night before he was to be executed and it says the church was together praying earnestly for him and the Holy Spirit came in through the angels and walked Peter out of prison to that home and he knocked on the door and they didn't believe that he was there even though that's what they were praying for. See, it's time to remember that this has already been fulfilled and can be fulfilled in us. Jesus promised it and he has never, ever broken a promise. Verse 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And understand this. We need to remember the power, but remember that this power is for living and ministering. It is not just for us to hold on to. It is not just for us to sing about. It is for us to live it. You're going to sing about it in a much different way if you're living it. It is for us to live it out and to minister in this power. And Lord, forgive me for the times that I've ministered in my own power. We need to remember the power. 
We also need to remember the signs. But understand that the signs on that day were temporary. Don't panic. Let me explain. Verses 2 through 5. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And you read on in this chapter and it says that people gathered. And when they heard them speaking, they heard it in their own language. Languages these guys had not learned. It was supernatural. But those signs were temporary. It was a sound like a mighty rushing wind, but not a mighty rushing wind going through the house. There's no evidence that there was a great storm that blew through. But everyone heard it. In fact, it's what drew them to where the disciples were. That sound. And those in the room saw what appeared to be flames. They described it as tongues of fire. I have no idea what a tongue of fire looks like. I've seen people whose tongues were on fire. Either because of stuff they were saying they probably shouldn't have or because they ate really hot stuff. But it was evident. They could see it and then they heard it. It's time to remember the power that is there. And the signs should be there. But these signs were temporary. But the evidence, we need to remember, the evidence of the filling is not temporary. It is for every day. And the reference is the rest of the book of Acts. And many lives since then. The signs should be our life, in our life, as people see it and go, something's different about you. That they should notice and see God resting upon us and in us and through us as we live our everyday lives. Those signs that got the most attention were not the most important thing including speaking in languages they had never learned. The most important thing was why it was happening, because they were now filled, obviously, to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'll say it anyway. What are you full of? Do you know how you find out what something is filled with? It's when it gets squeezed or stressed. I don't know what's in that sponge. Squeeze it. You'll soon find out. What's that balloon filled with? <laughs> Squeeze it. It'll be obvious. What is he or she filled with? Watch them when they're squeezed. And it'll be obvious. You see, one of the reasons they were together in an upper room, it was really a house, but it was described as an upper room, is that they were afraid now that Jesus was gone. They were being squeezed. And on that day, it became obvious what they were filled with. 
What are you filled with? If it's anything but the Holy Spirit, no wonder we don't have power. The evidence of this filling is not temporary. It is every day. Not just on Sundays. Not just for special services. Not just when you're doing an act of service, but every day. So one of the beauties of following Christ is it makes a difference even in the mundane, everyday stuff. It's the regular stuff that shows the power of the Holy Spirit. We also need to remember that this, the Holy Spirit and his po its power is available today. And it's available to anyone who allows it. We have a tendency to read, and I've, I heard friends throughout this week writing and speaking on this and saying that the God, God is still the same. We did a whole series on this last fall. God's still God no matter what. And the Holy Spirit's still the Holy Spirit no matter what. This power is still available today. We have a tendency to read the book of Acts and go, well, that was awesome. I would love to have lived then. It's still awesome. It's still available now. You go, the next logical question is, then why aren't we seeing it? That's not God's fault. You know, the old joke back when we had bench seats in cars. Those of you that are under 40, Google it. it instead of the separated seats. And generally speaking, dating couples sat next to each other. Probably wasn't great for safety and focusing on driving sometimes, but that was what happened. And the more, the fresher the relationship, the closer we sat. And the story goes of a lady saying to her husband as they're driving down the road and she's against her door and he's against his door and saying, I remember when we used to sit next to each other. Why don't we do that anymore? And he turned to her and said, I haven't moved. I think the Holy Spirit is saying that to a whole bunch of us. We're going, oh, how come the Holy Spirit's not evident now? And he's going, I haven't gone anywhere. You're the one who has. We need to remember that this is not just available today, but that this is needed today. To reach our world today. The reason we're not reaching some people. Is because there's no power except our own. I don't care how strategic we are. I don't care how good our marketing is. If there is not the power of the Holy Spirit in it. It won't last. And it won't transform lives. You see the evidence of somebody filled with the Spirit following Jesus Christ is that their life is transformed. Not just added to, but that their life is literally different. They're not the same anymore. And that can only happen and will only happen through the filling 
of the Holy Spirit in you and through you and in me and through me. It's time to remember the power. It's also time to say yes to it. You look at chapter 2, verse 5. It says, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. They were gathered together. We have opportunities all the time around us. Not from every nation necessarily, but of those near us. What are they seeing in us? They're going to see whatever we're filled with. And if we're filled with us, they're going to see us come out. And I guarantee you, they're not attracted to that. But here's where it comes back to us. You need to remember that you must choose for yourself. You must choose for you if you're going to be filled with the Spirit. You must choose for you if you're going to have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, moving through you. You must choose for yourself. Nobody else can choose for you. I can pray for it for you. I pray for it for my kids and my grandkids, but I can't choose it for them. They have to choose themselves. You have to choose. You don't get it by osmosis from your parents, grandparents, or spouse. You have to choose. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Jesus is speaking to them, telling them to wait, telling them what's coming, that the power is coming, and then you're going to be my witnesses. But they had to choose to then follow that. Let me ask you this morning, how's your power level? Don't you wish that we had physically what we have on our phones? That little thing up in the corner that shows if our battery's full or being drained? Wouldn't you hate it, though, if everybody who saw you could look and go, whoa, not much going on there. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Why are we bothered if someone else around us could see it when God already can? You see, he sees that little indicator. And he knows if it's our power or his. What are you filled with? What's your power level this morning? Have you chosen to be filled or will you choose to be filled with his Holy Spirit? I'm going to ask you to stand as we close. And this may just all be brand new to you and you're going, I don't even understand this, but I'd like to have it. You know what? God can start that process right now. We just have to say yes. Or you may have heard it, and in fact, you may have, as soon as you saw the title, went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what's coming. Good. But what are you doing with it? Have you accepted and received it for yourself? 
my challenge is that if you're not living in the power, then something's missing. Either you giving permission or you being obedient to use what you've already received. I listened to a bit of a podcast recently. It was for coaches. I still tune into that stuff. And the guy's whole premise was this. He said, whatever's happening in your program, whatever sport it might have been, whatever's happening right now, you have either chosen to accept it as it is or to work on fixing it. Nothing in between. Man, the Lord's been working on me from that coach's talk. Saying, okay, Dennis, here's what's going on in you and your church. You just accepting some of this? Because complaining isn't really an option because complaining is accepting it. You're just acknowledging it. Or are you ready to fix it? You ready to give him permission to fix it? Your power level right now, are you choosing to accept it as is? Or will you choose to let him fix it and fill you and then use it for his glory? As we close this morning, I just want to open. The altars are always open, but especially open them this morning in the front rows, whatever. And I invite you that if this is the day you go, Phew, I need to either change what I'm filled with or I need to start using what God's given me. I just invite you to come, to stand or kneel in an act of acceptance of who he is and what he wants to do, of a confession that it's not as it could or should be, or a declaration that you're ready to use what he's provided. I just invite you, as I pause for a moment, don't worry about what anybody else is doing. This is about what's going on in you and whether you've received it. Before I pray in closing and pray a dedication over anyone who comes, I just invite you to come right now, just to kneel or to stand and say, this is the choice I'm making. I want to be filled. I want to be used. <laughs> I don't want it to be me. I want it to be him. I just invite you to come right now. And before I pray, I just want to challenge you with this. If you're staying where you are because you want to take care of it without anybody else knowing, you're not going to take care of it. That's Satan getting you to delay it instead of being obedient. As I pray, if you want to come, come on up. If you want to come to encourage someone else, I invite you to do that as well. Jesus, thank you for providing the power that I need. Oh, Father, I pray that anything that I'm doing that's draining that power or blocking that power, I pray Lord, for you to show to me as you have been. Lord, I want all of you to fill all of me for whatever you desire.
Lord, I thank you for these that have come forward. I pray for them. And whatever stage they're in, I make no presumptions. But Lord, I pray that you would just come upon them in a special and powerful way, even right now. Fill them to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with that desire to use the power you've provided to live for you at home. To live for you where they work. To live for you in this church. To live for you in our community or wherever else you have them to go. Lord, I pray right now that there would be some confessions of relationships that are not right. Let go of some bitterness and some I remember whens and allow you to be who you are and who you want to be in us. Lord, I pray for some who have been depending on their parents or their grandparents' faith that right now they would just say yes to you by their choice. Lord, I pray for some marriages that need a healing that only your Holy Spirit can do. I pray for some parent-child relationships that need a healing that only you can do. I pray for some sibling relationships that need a healing that only you can do. Lord, I pray that we would remember the power that's available to us. And then as we leave from here, Walk in that power. Live in that power. Serve, work, minister, talk in that power that only you can provide. Lord, thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you're about to do because there are some whose power level has just gone way up. And for others who... The level's been there. They've just not been living it. May we join together in our hearts. May we join together in our relationship to take you into our world, to bring people to you and to bring you to the people. Lord, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the power of your word. May you multiply what has started this morning all around this area. In Jesus' name, I pray and plead for Amen.